Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hour number two of Fantasy Sports today. We're live at the MLB Winter Meetings. This hour, we will cover some of the potential new rules in Major League Baseball, give you the fantasy spin on everything reality. Fantasy Sports Today, hour two starts now. Red flag. From the 2019 Baseball Winter Meetings. Cole strikes out the side on 10 pitches. This is Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish. Here it is! The Washington Nationals are world champions for the first time in franchise history. Now, let's go live to the Hyatt in San Diego with your hosts, Craig Mish and former MLB scout, Bernie Buscoff. And welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish and Bernie Pleskoff live from the Manchester Grand Hyatt in San Diego, the site of the 2019 Winter Meetings. You can, of course, follow us on Twitter at Craig Mish, at Bernie Pleskoff. Also, the third man of our broadcast team is Joe Pizapia at Joe Pizapia 17 Follow us on Twitter at FNTSY Radio. Coming up in just a few minutes, Barry Bloom is going to join us, and we'll go over some uh, potential rule changes and everything going on in the game of uh, Major League Baseball. But, uh, Bernie, it's, uh, it's really interesting when you look at the landscape of baseball as it stands with all of free agency and, and so many things changing around the game today. I'm looking forward to some fast and furious moves and i know that we all are after the dud that was the last couple of years of the winter meetings yeah craig we sat in uh probably the last three winter meetings waiting and waiting and waiting for the paint to dry and it never did dry and i think this time it's a little bit different there's a a sense of urgency with some clubs you know it, it there are clubs that have and there are clubs that have not and the clubs that have not had better, you know, put their put the pedal to the metal because baseball could be in real trouble if some of these teams do not improve. You know, they're they're out of it by the middle of May. That's not good for the game. So I think you're going to see a lot of action here at the winter meetings and between now and the beginning of March, end of February. And I think part of that is going to be what what kind of rule changes uh, go into effect for 2020 and beyond. And, you know, I think we're going to have just the right guy to talk about that because there are few people in base who know more about Major League Baseball, the history and the future, than our guest coming up, Barry M. Bloom. Yeah, so he'll, he'll join us in about uh, less than 10 minutes from now. Um, Joe, what are you looking forward to? Uh, Joe Pizapia is with us as well. Joe, what are you looking forward to seeing happen over the next few days? I know that a lot of projections are very difficult, not knowing where some of the players are. We still have the big names that are out there, Garrett Cole, Steven Strasburg, Anthony Rendon. I think those are the major three, Joe. Am I missing anybody for you? No, those are the big three, I think, right now. And uh, I would probably be surprised if you got any of the pitchers over the next couple of days. My guess is Rendon will be the first of those balls to drop. And um, I'll tell you what, too, you know, when you're looking through there, it's very difficult not to see the Yankees being players for Garrett Cole and that coming to fruition because it just seems to make sense. This is that situation where the Yankees are now back in the driver's seat. They have this great young core like they've had in the past when they had that last great run. 
And what they were able to do then is go out there and hire these mercenary type pitchers, whether it be, you know, the Roger Clemens of the world or even before that when they went out with the David Cones and Jimmy Keys and were able to acquire those kind of guys. And that was the secret sauce for them being so good over a long period of time. When you have good young players like Torres, like Judge, we'll see if Andahar bounces back. There's so much uh, of a great young core on this team already. The one thing you want to do now is bolster that rotation. You have Severino, who missed significant <laughs> periods of the season last year, who looked like he would be that front guy. You want to bring in somebody that you know is going to be that front guy that you can rely on for 200-plus innings. And then Severino becomes a really outstanding number two along in that rotation. I think that's probably a foregone conclusion that Cole will end up there. And for fantasy purposes, I mean, of course you're going to like it. I don't care what the ballpark is. Garrett Cole's Garrett Cole. He's striking out 10, 15 guys a game. Doesn't matter what the ballpark is. I think he's going to the Angels, but that's a story for another day. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, you know, the thing I hope you're really, right because I'm a Mets fan. I'd love, I'd much rather see I the Yankees not the get the their Angels. guy, Bernie. I think what really bugs me is a team like Washington saying they can't afford Strasburg and Rendon. How ridiculous is that? You know, they had enough money to get both of those players. When you go out and you offer Harper $100 million, you don't think that these guys have enough money to, to have both those guys? Uh, I, I don't agree with that, and I think that's a problem. But we'll see how it shakes out. Of the two, if I'm them, I stick with Rendon, and I, I let Strasburg go to the Yankees. Yeah, let, uh, Bernie, a couple of the other players who were, were waiting to sign, I think that are going to have some big fantasy impact. We probably should be talking about them a little more. Uh, of course, Nicholas Castellanos, who is a, uh, a guy that had a tremendous run with the Chicago Cubs last year, and I think wherever he ends up is going to end up having a ton of fantasy value. And then I can't walk down the hall here without anybody asking me where Ozuna is going to end up. And yeah. my answer is right now, I don't know. I know that he's going to end up wherever the most money is for sure. But I think, Bernie, there's uh, one kind of – I wouldn't and, say Ozuna's and a – Didi. Didi's a big Didi, sign. Didi is one, too, for sure. But those two guys in Castellanos and I think in Ozuna are almost guaranteed 25 home runs wherever they Castellanos end up Castellanos is a DH for me. I think he's a clank in right field. He was a clank at third base. Yeah, maybe not a clank. I don't think he's a great defender in right field. I think he's got to be a DH. I look for him to go to an American League club. And as far as Ozuna goes, uh, I know I don't, I, I've uh, seen a ton of him over the last five years. I just know that wherever the money is, he's going to go. The, the other team I should mention that I think is going to be deeply into this thing, I've talked about this a ton, is the Texas Rangers. I don't think you can go into a new ballpark yeah. with a 75-win team. I think you've got to do better than that. I think they're big players. And by the way, I think Castellanos is going to end up with – possibly again with the White Sox. I'm really looking for them to add another left-handed bat, and I think he's he's the possibility. All right, so we'll uh, we'll keep covering all of the fantasy angle and the reality angle of everything happening in Major League Baseball, but certainly there's a lot of other news to get to here on Fantasy Sports Today. And coming up next, who better to talk about than some potential rule changes and even some potential uh, free agency, even the Hall of Fame. A lot to get to. Uh, with one of the all-time grades, Barry Bloom is going to join us next. We'll go over all of that. Also, don't forget, folks, we are live here at the Manchester Grand Hyatt in San Diego for the next three days. Bernie Pleskoff and myself, along with Joe Pizapia, and that is 9 to 11 a.m. Pacific, Monday through Wednesday here on the show. So if you're listening live and you're listening on the FNTSY app, that's cool. But if not, and you want to listen to us on demand, wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it's iTunes, Google Play, Android, just search for FST or search for my name, Craig Mish, you'll find it. That show will get automatically populated to you. And your first look at the 2020 baseball and fantasy baseball season 
can be heard exclusively right here on FNTSY Radio. Don't go away. Quick timeout. Coming up next, Barry Bloom joins us to talk about all things going on in Major League Baseball. Don't go away. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. And now we return live to the Hyatt in San Diego, California for Fantasy Sports Today at the Baseball Winter Meetings. Here are your hosts, Craig Mish and Bernie Pleskoff. And welcome back live here on FNTSY Radio, iHeartRadio. Tune in however you're listening to the show today. Appreciate your participation as we kick off the 2020 Fantasy Baseball season here on FNTSY Radio. And thanks again to Sports Grid and all the people that helped make this possible. And can't wait to discuss some uh, the reality of baseball as we get into it with Barry Bloom of Forbes, who has been covering Major League Baseball for a long period of time as a Hall of Fame vote. We'll get to that in a minute. But rule changes are not only going to affect reality, but they're going to affect fantasy as well. And Barry, thanks so much for spending a few minutes with us here on uh, FNTSY Radio. It's great to see you. Thank yeah, you. thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Barry, I... I think there are few people in the country who know the history of Major League Baseball and the changing landscape like you do. And one of the things I'd like to talk to you about are the uh, pending rule changes. For example, um, the minimum pitch count or the minimum pitching minimum. Correct me. Tell me all about it. Well, you know, there's a couple of changes which have happened incre- incrementally uh, that the, the players have uh, basically bartered back with Major League Baseball so that Rob Manfred doesn't implement the pitch clock, which is really what he wants to do. He wants that 20-second pitch clock, and uh, they, they're at the point, according to the the collective bargaining agreement or the basic agreement, that they gave the players association a chance to sign off on it when they don't a year later major league baseball can automatically implement so they've they've bartered a few of these changes back and forth and i think one of them which is going to have a major effect on uh how you manage a game is the fact that no more can you do this flip-flopping of pitchers you know you're getting less and less where Situational pitching is happening anyway, where you're using a lefty to go to a righty or a righty to go to a lefty. In a lot of cases, lefties get lefties or, or righties out better than and righties get lefties out better. So you have a, a completely different amalgam for that. So with the three uh, batter minimum, which is what you're referring to, yep. the uh, you know you have the opportunity now to bring in you have to bring in a pitcher. And either he has to face three batters or he has to finish the inning. And so it's going to limit the amount of pitchers you can use in a game. And it's also going to increase the time of the game because, as you know, you get into, like, the the sixth inning on in, in a baseball game now, and it's like the last two minutes of an NBA game. There's so many stoppages in it that it, and so many pitching changes. Like when the, when the Yankees in a playoff game, game two, used nine pitchers. That, 
it, it, it's just crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's what you're heading towards. And I think that is complemented by the fact that with the roster move changes, you know, they bartered off the 40-man roster change in September for a year-long increase in the roster with stipulations from 25 to 26. So now in September, you go to a max of 28, no, no more uh, 40 man for September, which will change how you manage in September. And then secondly, there are stipulations on the roster changes because, uh, you know, your extra spot, 26, has to be used for a position player and not a pitcher. Hmm. You carry a max of, of 13 pitchers, you know, which is enough already. So it's, uh, you know, I, I think those two, the three batter and the, and the lack of being able to add another, another pitcher, uh, it makes a big difference. Yeah, and that's going to have a tremendous impact in fantasy. You're not going to bring in a, a guy to throw to one batter. He's got to throw to three, and you may not get the hold. He may not get the save. Who knows? We have to watch this very carefully regarding pitching and guys that are called up in August. You know, the clock is not going to start for some of these guys. They're going to get more control because guys on the 40-man roster are not going to be crowded in the dugout getting service time. Those are big, big changes. Right. But So I guess they're, they're, they're saying that the year-long service cha- time for the person who's going to be in 26 is uh, your number 26 is going to offset one month of service time for whatever guys you're going to bring up in, yeah, the, in the September. Yeah, the other six or five. Right. Or so, I mean... The other thing that's interesting about this rule change, which plays into it, is that starting this season, you have to designate a player as either a position player or a pitcher. One or the other. So Otani isn't both. Well, you can't if 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 you have pitched a certain amount of innings and had a certain amount of at bats during a season, uh, you know you you can designate them as both. But it, it, you know with Otani. Since he's been disabled as a pitcher, but he has been able to play as a des- as a designated hitter, I'm not sure how he's affected on this rule, because you know under the new rules you can't pitch in a game if you're not designated as a two-way player or a pitcher, unless you know uh, it's six runs and beyond. Uh, the deficit is six runs or beyond, oh. or you're an extra inning. Is this per game or per season? Per game. Oh, per game. Okay. So you've got a blowout, but it's five runs. You're not bringing in a catcher to throw, you know, the last inning so you don't eat up a pitcher. So the Rays can't take the first baseman, move him to pitcher, no. and then move him back right no. after, put the guy in the outfield. All that's done. Right. No, unless he has done enough innings in a year. Uh, you know, like the kid from Cincinnati who played. Uh, Lorenzen. Yeah, yeah, who played a yeah. lot outfield. of outfield. Right. Right. He didn't have enough innings as as a uh, offensive player to be designated as a two-way player. So essentially, they're going to have to work around it in how many innings they give him this year as a position player if, if they want to do both. Uh, the other thing that I think is going to have a tremendous impact is the July 31st trade deadline. You know, well, talk about that. That already, ha- that already, already has. Right. You know, I think that, you know, I think it's a little early. I, I, I would have moved it, moved it back to August, 30, August 31st and, you know, September 1st. And made it made the trade deadline later in the season, so so teams can judge where uh, you know what their rosters were like going to where they have to set a playoff roster. But, but last year, I think one of the unintended consequences of eliminating the the waiver deadline trading period in August was the fact that 
if you released a player any time in August, you couldn't trade him. Right. Right. He had to be picked up on, on waivers, right. or he, and if he passed through waivers, then you could designate him to send him to the minor leagues, if, or he became a free agent, whatever you know they choose to do. And we saw that affect players all over the place. So in fantasy, folks, you've got to watch your own trade deadline in your league. It could be July 31st, no more August 1st, September 1st. Watch that very carefully. Know the rules, because your league may very well Played just like Major League Baseball July 31st. That's a huge change. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Barry Bloom is with us, and you can read uh, him in Forbes and certainly follow him on Twitter as well. Uh, aside from the reality game, the fantasy game, the Hall of Fame is always an interesting discussion. I know you have a Hall of Fame vote. Um, what did you make of this year's class, and then what did you make of the committee putting in Marvin Miller and Ted Simmons? Um, what do you think? Who, who gets into the Hall of Fame this year, Barry, if you can speak on that? Well, I, I'm very happy that, you know, the committee in the makeup that it was in this year with the 16 guys that, you know, there was not the animosity on this committee so that they were able to get 12 votes to put Marvin in. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's just uh, deserved it for a long time. A lot of people on that committee over the course of the years hated his guts. He, he wasn't going to get in. This year you had an ex-owner and David Glass had just sold his team. He wasn't affected by the Marvin Miller era. You had five general managers on there who weren't around when all this stuff with Marvin was going on. So it, it was a great, great call to get him in. I have big problems as much as I like Simmons. The guy was on the BBWAA ballot and dropped off it after First one time. year. Yeah. Now, whether you agree with that or not, it really doesn't matter. They have now cheapened the process of what we do in our vote. And, and, and essentially, by putting guys like Baines and Simmons in the Hall of Fame, who we've resoundingly said no to, they're giving these guys a second, third, fourth bite at the apple and putting them in, and I think it just cheapens the class of the Hall of Fame. we got a minute left, Barry. Who gets in the, uh, the, the Hall of Fame this year otherwise? My guess is it's Jeter only. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he's going to overwhelm the vote. I think Larry Walker might get close. I'm not sure that there's enough support to get him from where he was last year on his 10th year on the ballot to get in. Uh, he's the only other one, I think, marginally. You know, you're going to see in the early going on the tr- on the ballots that are, uh, you know, transparent that Bonds and Clemens will get a lot of votes. They always do. But uh, when when all the, the, the secret votes come in, they always plummet. I don't see them getting in this year. Did you make your vote uh, public? Yes. And who'd you vote for? Oh, I can't. Ten guys. Oh, yeah. Okay. You vote. You took the whole list. Well, Did but, you vote for Omar? Yes. Okay. But he's not going to get in. No, not this year. We're talking about Omar Vizquel, he's going to have a rough time. Yeah, mine right. was the drug ballot. I voted for all the drug guys. <laughs> okay. <laughs> as as most people would. Uh, Barry, yeah, thank you so much. Most people would. Uh, we'll talk about that next. Barry, thank you again for. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.
Now, back to Fantasy Sports Today live at the baseball winter meetings in San Diego, California. Here are your hosts, Craig Mish and Bernie Bleskoff. Welcome back to our live broadcast here. It's the MLB Winter Meetings in San Diego, California. Bernie Pleskoff along with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia back at home on the East Coast. We've got about uh, 45 minutes left to go. We uh, will continue the fantasy football conversation in about a half hour as Dr. Roto takes over for full-time fantasy. Uh, Bernie and I will be out here Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday in San Diego, and I'll be back in South Florida on Thursday. We'll pick back up uh, on our baseball and football discussion as we get to the fantasy football semifinals, Bernie. That's uh, that's kind of where we're at in the fantasy <laughs> football season. We're, there you go. We're nearing toward we're, – we're getting toward the end, getting toward uh, the college football playoffs and the bowl season. Fun time to be a fan of really all sports in baseball. Uh, you know, Bernie, pretty soon we're going to have to start really making decisions – about the players we like, the players that we will really be going after in fantasy baseball this season. I always take an early look at it, but like you, I'm a creature of habit. I like to be at those games in spring training, you know? Like, I like to be at the field. I like to be watching no the spring training games. I know that there is some you know, longstanding debate about what spring training stats mean, and I, and I do think that as we get closer to February, we'll realize, look, the, the teams, and you've been in the room, the teams know who more or less 23 or 22 of the 25 guys is gonna, are going to be, and we just like to create these stories about who could be in and who could be out. But Most the, of the, the time the players, they know the 25. Yeah, it's true. But the players who make the team at the end are really the ones that intrigue me because you could be getting some of those uh, diamonds at the end. Right, right. Well, you know, Craig, it, it depends in fantasy. It depends upon where your priorities are. And, Tomorrow I want to talk a little bit about what I look for mm-hmm. when I put my team together. But if I'm going to if I'm going to have the number 1 pick in the draft this year, I've made up my mind already. I don't need spring training. I have I have seen Ronald Acuña's talent and I cannot find a guy, not even Mike Trout, uh, going into 2020 that I want on my team more than Ronald Acuña. What do you think? Uh, I in the uh, NL the National League last year I took uh, in the NL Tout Wars, I, and I, I've said this on on the show to Joe before. How is it possible that I had uh, Ronald Acuna and Jacob Degrom and didn't win this league? How? And, I, I, I I think with Tom you knew because I had Jesus Aguilar yeah, and I go. had and I had Travis Shaw. I had a really right. good team. Right. You know it's. I don't need the time to know that. Acuna probably will be either the first or second overall pick in the draft. I would be hard-pressed to still not take Trout number one. Um, you know, I, I just feel like there's probably more certainty. But the upside is is Acuna has a season next year, which could be, look, he was close enough to what, was it 40-40 last year that he was going for? Yes, correct. And then he got hurt, missed the last 10 games of the year, and then that ended up costing him? 41-37. Yeah, he, he, he and Trout are 1-2. I think the third pick is probably the one at this well, point. That let's talk about Trout. The difference for me yeah. is the surrounding cast with the Angels versus Acuna's team with Atlanta. I think Acuna is going to have much more opportunity than Trout is. Even with Joe Adele ble- being in the outfield, which I think he will, 
I think rookie Joe Adele is going to be the third outfielder along with Upton, and you're going to have Trout out there. I don't think the surrounding cast around Trout is as strong as it is around Acuna. And I'll tell you this. I think Trout is getting cheated by not having – look how great he is. He puts up those numbers without having – Eight other guys that can hit in the order. I think there are some automatic outs with the Angels, and there are none that I can find with Atlanta. That's the difference between one and two for me right now is the surrounding cast and the protection that Acuna has. Plus, he's going to run more than Trout. Joe, what are you going to do in a mixed league this year, one and two? Well, again, it depends on the format we're playing in. So if we're talking about season-long Roto, your standard five-by-five, uh, Alex Chamberlain's working on that with me uh, for the Black Book this year. And we came to that same kind of conclusion that Bernie came to, which is it's impossible right now to deny from the stolen base point where Ronald Acuna's gotten to. And as he continues to grow into the frame, he's in a really good spot here to basically look like a 30-30 guy at the very minimum going forward. Now, that being said, last year was arguably Mike Trout's best power season. We forget <laughs> career high 45 home runs last year career high slugging percentage of 645 so this was a guy that even though he missed uh, not significant but a chunk of the season yet again well and he's missed time the last three years too people kind of i feel like we keep forgetting that 134 games last year 140 the year before that and 114 the year before that so as players tend to get a little older into this late 20s early 30s which is where trout is aging into now it'll tell you basically that you know stolen bases tend to kind of start chipping away at this point in these guys careers and that's kind of where Trout is. Now, he only stole 11 bases last year. That's a significant separation between him and Ronald Acuna. So, therefore, I can understand in 5x5, five five, Ronald Acuna going over him. Mike Trout is a lovely consolation prize over at 2. And Christian Yelich at 3, where well, you can't really go wrong. I would also make an argument in this top 5 for Cody Bellinger, especially in head-to-head points leagues, because of that dual eligibility he offers. Guys, depending on... You know, how many active outfielders you have, depending upon the situation. Are you playing corner guys? Is it just a first base and a third base slot? Cody Bellinger's uh, dual eligibility and fantastic power, strikeout to walk ratio, all those things are just so much positive statistical box score points that you want. What tends to happen is then the draft comes to you. So when it comes back to you in that, you know, second, third round, you can basically have the whole board to you. You want to go outfield? You want to go first base? How do you want to maneuver him around your lineup? And that is a big positive, too. So don't sleep on Bellinger either. Yeah. Or Arenado. You know, I, I think I'd rather have he's Arenado. Safe, than, yeah, yeah, he very is. safe. He's, he plays in cores. And it's, 30, 100, it, yeah, 290 no minimum. You know, uh, Ber- Bernie, every year around February, we attack, I attack, these clubhouses in spring training. Right. And I hear from the managers the same thing and and every year for the last five years, and it never happens, <laughs> which is we're going to run more right. and we're going to steal more. And at the end of the year, they run less and they steal less. Should we be adjusting anything in fantasy? Change the category? To, to eliminate uh, steals or should it be net steals or something like that? Because w- the premium on steals in fantasy does not mimic the value in reality. It doesn't anymore. Well, one of the, one of the things that I think baseball should do is limit the number of throws over to first base. You want to speed up the game and add action? Limit the number of throws over to first base to three, and then the guy will run, and you'll have more stolen bases, you'll have more action, and you'll speed up the game. There are times when a pitcher throws over six, seven times. It's ridiculous. The guy's not going anywhere. 
I, he just wants to keep him close. I hate that. At any rate, you know, you look at stolen bases, and I think it is a good category because you have to know who's going to run and who isn't going to run, and that's why you watch. But, but, do, but do Major League Baseball teams value the stolen well, bases? No, they I don't. don't. Think they, they don't do. want to. They don't want to get their players hurt. To tell you the right. truth, that's, so th- that's, that's, right. That's so, it. so uh, you know, our our main base dealers in in the game last year, uh, there was a Vegas stat last year. By the way, the the uh, Vegas over under on anybody stealing bases was forty nine and a half. Uh, and I looked at it and thought, how? Like, the only player that could have done it was Mondesi. He got hurt, and that was the end of it. Right. But I guess the main stealers in baseball are Mondesi and Trey Turner and, and maybe even VR on Miami. I think VR's got a chance well, to steal a lot of Well, you've got a Dyson too. out there who's going to run 20. every time. But, but he's not going to get on base. Right. So you have to really watch when you, add, when you fold in a guy like that as your last pick, is he going to play A? And is he going to run? Is he going to get on base? you got to get on base to steal. So we know plenty of guys that, that weren't able to do it. But there are some real sleepers, Craig. Look at Eugenio Suarez. Wow, what a year he had last you year. You know, and nobody talked about no him. No one. No one Absol- still does. That's correct. How many home runs did he hit? 50? 49. <laughs> 49. Crazy. Well, he's playing in a hitter-friendly park in right. Cincinnati. Better team. Absolutely. So I'm gonna. He- I'm here to tell you today, folks. Take a listen. Eugenio Suarez is not a fluke. He is going to do this again. It may not be 40, but it'll be. You know, it'll be 38, 39. You didn't expect 49 from him, but that's what we're here to tell you about. We're here to give you these little nuggets, guys like that that can make your fantasy team better. And he's a guy who plays for Cincinnati. And for me, Craig. Park factor is way, way up there. Do you know that that more home runs were hit in Toronto per capita than they were in Coors? No, people I wouldn't have known that, yeah. but I would tell you based on the pitching staff of the there Blue Jays, go. it's not, not all that surprising. <laughs> but see, that's what you have to look at, right? You can't just, you know, say, well, Toronto, they, they don't have great. But you really have to look at who's coming in there to play and who they have on their club. More home runs were hit in Toronto than anywhere else. Yeah, and and it could continue this year unless the Blue Jays decide to go out and and make a couple moves because I know they have a young kid in the minor leagues who's ready to come up and be maybe a two or a three or even their ace. I think Pearson is. He, his he name. throws a hundred. I mean that that could be something, but that's He's not. A that's not He's a, a great. But that's name. not an early. I don't think that's an early season guy though for them. It, like it's a well, they're not going to pay the money, right? They're right, not going to. So it's pay. a June. You just hit on a name that I wanted to talk about, and that's Pearson. Too late. No, he throws 100 <laughs> miles an hour, and he's got command and control. Yeah. I love him. All right. So uh, when we come back, I want to talk about one of the more polarizing fantasy names, also reality names too. This is a name that we're not really sure if he'll be on the team. Uh, Mookie Betts of the Boston Red Sox. How in the world can a player? with his pedigree, with his stats, and what he's accomplished, possibly be on the trade market. We'll talk about the reality side of that, and then we'll dive into the fantasy side as to where you may take Mookie Betts in a fantasy draft coming up in 2020. But we are live at the winter meetings here in San Diego, California. Bernie Pleskoff and I are on site, and uh, those of you who are listening either live or on the app, make sure you come say hello, and uh, we're at the Manchester Hyatt Hotel Uh, for the next three days. Bernie and I will be live from 9 to 11 Pacific, and that is 12 to 2 Eastern. We'll be back with plenty more right here on Fantasy Sports Today, right after a quick timeout. 
Top of the hour, back to football we go with Dr. Roto and full-time fantasy. Craig and Bernie back, along with Joe Pizzapia right after this. Don't go wrong. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. And now we return live to the Hyatt in San Diego, California for Fantasy Sports Today at the Baseball Winter Meetings. Here are your hosts, Craig Mish and Bernie Pleskoff. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. We are live at the Grand Hyatt in San Diego. Bernie Pleskoff along with Craig Mish and... We've got uh, another 30-so-er minutes, uh, a little bit less than that here on the show, but um, Joe Pizzapia also joining us, talking a little fantasy. We'll have more guests on the show tomorrow, of course, so, and if you want to go back and listen to anything that we discussed, you can listen on the FNTSY app 24-7. We'll also on social media post a couple of the interviews we did, some clips as well. And, uh, Bernie, back to kind of some of the fantasy discussion. We want to make sure we get enough fantasy in here right. on the show as well. Uh, the last couple of years... In fantasy, Mookie Betts was the first or second player taken overall. I kind of feel like if you wanted to make a name for yourself, you took Mookie Betts first. Like, it didn't make <laughs> like sense. Like, you knew what you were doing. Yeah, it's right? like, oh, I'm going to take Mookie Betts because I like him more. Oh, okay, great. But Trout was the guy that was, right. you know, the, the, the first consensus overall pick. So the Red Sox win the World Series. They come back the next year in spring training last year. And they have this, I thought, strange game plan of we're not throwing any pitchers and – we're going to take it easy in spring training, and, and we have this <laughs> schedule. And, and then it was like right out of April, you almost knew that they weren't going to get back to the postseason. It was really strange. I was the there. Way, the way the I Red Sox it. season played out. Uh, they fire their – well, fire, I don't know if that's the term, but they part ways with Dave Dombrowski, who Rightfully I think – Rightfully so, my friend. Rightfully I, okay, so. Okay, well, okay, so the, uh, Dombrowski could be a, a Hall of Famer, by the way, well, one day. Well, look, he, he never fixed his bullpen in Detroit, never got them a closer. He never got the Red Sox a closer last year. You cannot win in baseball if you can't close out the game in the ninth inning. Two clubs, the same M.O. And the starting pitching was woefully weak. You know, after two or three guys, you need five guys in the rotation. I understand why he's no longer the general manager. Right. Well, he'll he'll resurface somewhere. He sure won a he World Series with the Marlins. He took the Tigers to a World Series, won a World Series with, uh, with Boston. Uh, but after he's gone, the first thing that we heard, was that the Red Sox are not going to go over this tax. Right. And uh, J.D. Martinez. Luxury tax. Right, right, the luxury tax, which which is like a sort of salary cap now kind of for baseball. It's strange. Uh, J.D. Martinez smartly opts in <laughs> to his deal with the Red Sox, so he will be back. But there's some rumors that Mookie Betts may have to go if J.D. Martinez is back. So I don't know, uh, Bernie. This seems to me like something that could happen next offseason as opposed to this one. But it is super rare for a talent of this caliber to even be discussed. This is a franchise. This guy is the poster of the franchise well, that he the, goes to. It's the Indians and Lindor. But the Red Sox spend more money than the Indians That's do. That's the point. But these are comparable players. These are great athletes. They're athletes first. Mookie Betts, when he came into the Arizona Fall League, played second 
space. That's where he started. He was the best athlete on the field. He was not a high-profile guy. Nobody knew who this guy was. He was magic. Craig, I'll tell you, when I saw this guy, I sat up in my seat and I said, he is a terrific athlete. Great wrist, eye-hand coordination, can run. He does it all. And as an outfielder, he's, he's terrific. So who wouldn't want Mookie Betts? I don't think he's going anywhere. I think that Red Sox fan base would revolt. And they are, you know, they are very loud. He's not going anywhere. All right, but in terms of fantasy, uh, his numbers did dip a little bit last year. And so in most leagues, Joe, he is uh, no longer a top three, top four, top five, even top six pick in fantasy. He's like a back-end first-rounder. Where are you going to have Mookie Betts ranked this year? Well, I actually think that's not quite fair to put him at the that far down the track. I agree. I mean, I, I don't think, I think that's a massive overreaction, too. Because this is a guy historically that, you know, he's hit 30 home runs basically the last two years. Hit he's still 29 driven. last year. Yeah, I mean, he had 29 last year. So basically the same thing. The, the, the problem is people overreact sometimes to a dip in stolen bases. His went from 30 to 16. Now, that's something there tends to be a gross overreaction to, kind of like you're seeing with Trout. The only difference is a little bit in the terms of profile of what Trout is, is in his lineup in Los Angeles as opposed to what Mookie Betts's role is Correct. in Boston. So for me, looking at it from the baseball point of view and forming that from the fantasy standpoint, I believe that Mookie Betts is still that guy at the top of the order, still that guy that has the opportunity to steal bases, whereas I believe Trout is starting to age into that different role where he's more of that 3-4 hitter, that guy in the middle of the lineup that you want that's going to basically stir the drink. And I'll say this too, I mean, let's also not forget that you know, when Ortiz was out of this lineup, Mookie Betts struggled a little bit, too. And then when J.D. Martinez came in, all of a sudden things picked up. And that's the only difference between him and Francisco Lindor for me. Francisco Lindor, I think, is that guy. He is that go-to guy in the lineup where I still think as great of an athlete as he is, as talented as Mookie Betts is, he is still that incredible complimentary guy in the lineup. I don't know yeah, if he's, he's the... one of many. Exactly. You he's know, one he, of many. He Bernie. drove in 80 runs. You can't ask for more. You can't. You have to look at the role he plays. J.D. is the home run threat there, and Mookie is a complimentary great piece to J.D. That's who they're building that lineup around. So I would pick him pretty high because who knows what this guy can do. Again, I say he's a tremendous athlete, and that's where you have to start. What is he capable of doing? And I, mm -hmm. I know, you know, he went through spring training, and I was there for five or six games. I think he went something like 10 or 11 games without a hit. It didn't get him down. It was spring training. He knew who he was. This is a great player. And, he, and one more quick note. If, if I asked you guys who led the American League in runs the last two years, the answer is Mookie Betts. And I think when you're looking at um, a situation in fantasy where it's all about run production, it's a lot about power, but also scoring runs is everything. 135, Joe. 135, 129 yep. last year. So yep. the two years back-to-back, -back, he led the American League in runs scored. That is incredibly important, and that is almost as valuable a tool because that's his speed working not just in stolen bases, but also in scoring runs. So just because the speed didn't necessarily show itself in the stolen base column as a category, it showed itself in run score because sometimes situations don't always allow for you to steal a base in the game of baseball. So to me, Mookie Betts is still an elite fantasy talent because of what he offers as a collective player. The other, the other thing that uh, changed significantly over the last couple of years, guys, is just the strategy as to where to take starting pitching and and how that that will mix into the first 15 or 20 picks in a fantasy draft and 
Um, you know, Bernie, when I look at this, I've tried to focus more on the starting pitching. Um, you know, I don't know yeah, how it's hard to do. I, you know, I yeah, don't know how you can quantify beyond yeah. the first couple of guys. And if we're still using wins as a category in these leagues, I mean, we're going to be heavily reliant on the future destination of Garrett Cole, Bernie. Like that's that's going to be so critical to the first round of a fantasy draft. I still think Verlander is on the cusp of a first round pick. Max Scherzer, Jacob DeGrom, those guys are still there. But the destination of Cole is crucial because, to me, if he ends up with the Yankees, okay. I mean, you know wins are going to be more easy to come by. If he ends up with the Phillies, back to the NL, I still think a good spot. You mentioned the Angels. Yeah, that's and, where I think he's going. And, and, by the way, that's not the optimal fantasy spot, I don't think, for Cole, as opposed to some of those other places. Well, if he ends up with the Yankees, he's going to face that right field porch. And, you know, that that – can freak out a pitcher. I don't think Cole is the type of guy that that gets intimidated. He is one of the toughest guys on the mound that I have ever been around. Quick story. Mm -hmm. I met him in the fall league. He just came out of college. He was a first-round pick. I went up to him, and I introduced myself, and I said, can I get your email or your phone number? I'd like to keep up with you during the year. I usually do that. Looks me in the eye, and he says, hey, I don't know you. There's no way in the world I'm giving you that information. I said, okay, I get it. <laughs> I, I walk away, Craig, and I say to myself, this guy's got moxie. You know, nobody has ever said that to me. He looked me in the eye and said, who the hell are you? It was great. And on the mound, that's the guy I want in the seventh game of a World Series. Put the ball in his hand. He will, you know, eat you up. Uh, the other player who's being talked about, you briefly mentioned him. Let's touch on him again. There was some scuttle last year that he was going to miss a lot of the season. He ended up missing, I think, two weeks or three weeks, Francisco Lindor. Yeah. And I know that you see the Indians a lot burning in Arizona when it comes to Indian stuff. I, I, I was born in Cleveland. I, I tend to go to you for, uh, for Indians uh, stuff. There's a report from John Heyman a little while ago. And, again, these are going to fly back and forth saying that he doesn't expect Lindor to be moved. I don't. I expect him to be moved eventually. Not this year. I don't. I don't think it'll be this year. Yeah. Right. I don't think it will be. But I think he will be moved eventually. It's probably more of a dynasty league type question. I think he plays wherever he goes. I think he hits wherever he goes. He's been a better major league hitter than he's been a minor league hitter, which is rare. More he's, home he's, runs than you would have ever guessed. I thought he was a 12 home run guy yeah, right. in the major leagues. He's a 30 home run guy right. in the major leagues. Uh, right now, his ADP is around end of the first round in, in fantasy. You know, he's got the wrists of Henry Aaron. And when you're a wrist hitter like that, oh, my goodness, does that help. And I talked to Chris Antonetti two weeks ago in Phoenix at the general manager's meeting. They're in no rush to get rid of Lindor. You know, what would the package have to be? Yes, it'll be less as time goes on. That's, right now, right. he's got two more years of control this right. year and next year. But you're going to have to overwhelm them because this team thinks they're going to win the division again. They have great pitching. They're going to build around the pitching in Lindor and Ramirez and get a piece or two for the outfield. You know, they, they, well, we Bernie, talk in about fairness, the they need more than a piece or two in the outfield. Oh, they do. They have a brutal outfield. But they have better pitching than virtually every club, one through five. And Tito has burned out the bullpen. That's a story for another day. The bullpen is a mess. They're going. That's where they're going to have to look in a trade. If they can get bullpen help, that's where they're going to go. But that being said, I don't think Lindor's being traded. I don't think Betts is being traded. These are focal point players in their in their respective lineups. You just don't move guys like that. Uh, where do you got Lindor, Joe, this year? 
Well, look, Lindor is one of my favorite guys, and uh, Lindor is absolutely a first-round talent. And it's funny because Lindor, when he first came up, there was a really strong narrative in the fantasy nerd community. Well, all the analytics saying, well, this guy's not going to hit for a lot of power. Just because he came up and hit for some power, don't expect it. He's more of a doubles guy. (laughs) And I could not have laughed at that more. And we had him higher in the black book that second year uh, of his career. And obviously, we all know what happened then. He became this perennial 30 home run kind of threat. And part of the reason for that is I actually got to see him take batting practice live. And uh, he was doing it in a shirt cut off, no sleeves. And I'm looking at this guy's arms, and I'm thinking... Yeah, he might be a little bit shorter, but does anyone realize how strong this kid is? Forget those doubles, man. Those are going to be home runs, and he is not disappointed. Lindor, I think, is a fantastic player. I think you're right here, Craig, that the longer they wait, the less that package is going to be. So if things don't start to work out, there is probably not a team more suited than the Cleveland Indians between Carrasco, between Corey Kluber, between Lindor, that they could turn this organization over so quickly by dealing those and Bieber too. Well, they have Bieber and they, they have some young pitching Control. there they can keep and, and they could turn things over so quickly by dealing some of these bigger stars that are kind of at the end of these contracts potentially or become very cost prohibitive. And all of a sudden in one or two years, they could become right back there as a team to beat in the AL Central, if not the following year. So I would pay very Lindor close attention smile. to the Cleveland Indians Lindor smile, could, uh, Lindor smile could melt an iceberg. He is just Absolutely. such a nice guy. He's a wonderful he, and, guy and to a be tremendous, around. Tremendous talent, tremendous kid, like He's you said. He's a leader. And from a fantasy standpoint, I don't know what more you could possibly ask out of a shortstop. Exactly. Yeah, well, he could I, run I, I more can ask too. for more steals. Yeah, he could run more too. <laughs> that's what I agree. That's what I but want. Craig, I don't know if, like, like you said, I don't know if that's the game. And and right now, yeah. I think the one thing we're all chasing in fantasy, especially in roto leagues, is power. You better make sure you have power. You can find stolen bases. You can pick some guys off the waiver wire. You can make some moves for that. But the one thing you can't afford to fall behind is power. That's because it gives you three categories. Runs, exactly. RBIs, and home runs. So yeah. there you go. That's yep. why you go for it first. All right. Well, uh, we, we've got so much to cover over the uh, next couple of days in the uh, at the winter meetings here in San Diego. Uh, but we will wrap up our two-hour program coming up next with our final segment of the day. And we'll be right back here tomorrow. More interviews, more data, more information, hopefully some signings as well. Bernie Pleskov, Craig Mish, live in San Diego. And along with Joe Pizapia, this is Fantasy Sports Today. Two-minute drill is next, and then we will send it over to Dr. Roto. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Sports Today live at the Baseball Winter Meetings in San Diego, California. Here are your hosts, Craig Mish and Bernie Pleskoff. All right, welcome back. It is our final segment here today, uh, live from the MLB Winter Meetings in San Diego. A couple minutes left. Dr. Roto standing by. The fantasy football conversation will continue in round two of the fantasy playoffs with Dr. Roto and full-time fantasy. That's coming up in a few minutes. Uh, also want to thank our guest today, Barry Bloom, 
Tim Healy and Tom Hardicourt for coming on the show. You can expect us to have more guests tomorrow on this program for sure. As uh, it's it's early here on the West Coast, so a little different than a winter meetings on the East Coast, which means that the signings will probably come a little bit later in the day, honestly. So while we're live on the show, not a ton happening. We'll have more of a reactionary view of it when we come back here tomorrow morning. Uh, you can read more about all of the winter meetings, comings and goings, and everything going out here in San Diego by going over to Forbes and checking out Bernie's uh, column. Bernie, what are you going to be writing about over the next well, 24 Well, today hours? I wrote an article about the, the young prospects that are going to change the landscape for the Chicago White Sox. So if you go to Forbes.com, type in Bernie Pleskoff, you will find all my articles. Click on all of them. You can read a lot about baseball players and they will help you in fantasy. It's well, not a fantasy column, it's a baseball column. Well, you know, the the world of reality does <laughs> it does cross over to right. to fantasy. But I'm as a well. fantasy guy first and foremost. Yeah, I I am as well. And so um, you think you think you think tomorrow we'll be on the show reacting to a big signing or do you think that that maybe we're going to have to wait a little bit on this? I one? I really don't know. You never know from day to day, but I will say this. Just talking fantasy, it all begins at the winter meetings. This is when you have to start to construct your baseball team, your fantasy baseball team. It starts at the winter meetings. You've got to do the analysis. We'll talk tomorrow about players that are interesting, a few sleepers. You know, I think it's very important to start doing your research now. Before you know it, we're going to be in spring training. Craig, it was great to be with you, and we're just going to, keep on trucking that's right two more days of live broadcasts here and uh, also want to thank uh, all the great people at sports grid uh, for helping us uh, get out here and get all set up uh, also thanks to sean guasamaki our producer today greg sussman as well as chris bavona uh, david katz and the elvis duran group and for my co-host bernie pleskoff and joe pizapia i am craig mish i hope you have a great great rest of the day enjoy your monday i will be back here tomorrow with bernie and joe for tomorrow's edition of our winter meetings coverage. Full-time fantasy is next with Dr. Roto. Have a great day, everybody.